all you reinventors. This is Leslie James Seymour, and I'm the founder of this podcast and of CubbyClub.com, which is a place where you can go to find all things written about reinvention, articles, essays. We feel your pain. We get it. We understand. We are the place to come for reinvention. And your reinvention might be big or it might be small. You never know. Come check us out and we know how to get it done. So today I'm really psyched to introduce you to Kim Daly. She's a franchise expert and business coach and motivational speaker. And I just wanna give you a little bit about her bio. I will read that to you after I tell you a little bit about what she's gonna tell us about. She is really offering up and has 20 years of experience in the franchise area. And I really want you to think about an alternative to being a solo entrepreneur, going out there and having to figure it out all by yourself. And as she says, 90% of entrepreneurs fail because that's just, that's just the way it is. And while many of us don't think of an, um, of a franchise, I think it's partly because we have the wrong idea of what a franchise is. So I want you to, Come on, Mosey, and even if you think I am not interested in a franchise, Leslie, you are talking like hamburger flipping, I'm not doing it. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about creating a revenue stream for you in an area of expertise that will give you the freedom to have the life that you wanna have. And not all of us have the choice right now where we can live our passion at the same time of doing that. But Kim will explain to you how she can find the things that you are passionate about and that can match you to a franchise. And what they talk about is the franchise already has already figured out how to make make it profitable. And of course, it's not 100%, but it's got a higher percentage than if you set out on your own. Just keep your ears open. Please come and listen, even if you're Sure, this is not for you. She's not talking about flipping hamburgers. Let me give you her her history here. So, um, so she's one of the top. Kim Daly's one of the of America's top franchise consultants. She's an international best-selling co-author of Franchising Freedom and the founder and host of KimDaly.tv. Before becoming a franchise consultant, she was an entrepreneur and highly sought-after consultant in the health and fitness industry working with brands such as Denise Austin, Dr. Dennis Waitley, Gold's Gym, and eDiets.com. She is the creator of The Daily Plan, a millionaire mindset coaching program that enabled her to build the largest franchise consulting business in the history of franchise consulting in 2020, 2012. And she's the mom of two teenage boys and she loves fitness and nutrition. So please just open your ears, open your mind, If you are looking for what's next, um, just spend an hour. No, it's a half an hour with us. Maybe some sparks will fly. Anyway, have fun, enjoy, enjoy Kim Daly. So Kim, so wonderful to have you here. I'm so excited to talk about alternatives to entrepreneurialism and not having to go it on your own. Thank you, Leslie. I'm excited to share what I know with your audience. 
Wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about your own personal reinvention first, because I think people, um, they want to know if you've had a reinvention in your own life and you have. So can you give us a little, a little idea of where you grew up? What did you start out doing? And then how did you end up here? Right. So um, I'm going to answer that a, a couple of different ways. But the first way is like, I I've been an entrepreneur for my entire life. So I only worked for one company for three years. So the the life that I'm helping people get to is a life that I've lived for over 25 years. So I sort of my that first reinvention, Leslie, came when I was on my way to medical school and I answered a classified ad in the newspaper for a, a summer job that was for a franchise consulting company. And after a couple of days on the job, they offered me a one-year position. And of course, my father was like, don't do it. You're never going to go back to school. I said, oh, dad, of course, I'm going to go back to school. But you know what I've learned? Dads are always right. <laughs> I never went back to school. I found my path in entrepreneurialism and really in franchising because this is an industry of people helping people and every day people waking up to live their dreams. So I found my heaven, but then I did what a lot of people decide to do. Well, I'm going to go start my own business. <laughs> so I did that. And then a few years later, figured out, you know what? Entrepreneurialism is not all it's cracked up to be. Came back to franchising. And here I've been for over 20 years. Wow. Incredible. That's unbelievable. So your first job was in franchising. Yes, it, it was. So a, happened. Uh, Okay. It, it, just by luck, just by luck. Uh, my first real job. Yes. Okay. So why is it that when we talk about reinvention and reinventing your career, most people don't think of a franchise. They think that franchising has kind of a bad name or, a, a you know, some kind of like something's wrong with it or something's not right, or you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't think about it or something like that. Where does that come from? Or is that just a, a know nothing point of view that I'm around um, and have heard? Yeah, you know what I was going to say? It probably depends what circles you're in, but you know what? You're not that far off because for 20 years, I have traveled the country and hosted live events at lots of different career symposiums where they'll have breakout sessions. And let's say there's 200 people in attendance. There'll be 150 people in the entrepreneurial breakout room and 50 people in the franchising yes. room. And I'm always like, what the heck? you know, it's, what it's the heck, totally, right? It's totally backwards, right? So I think it's, what happens is, you know, you people go for their MBA, we, you know, they go to business school and college and you learn about entrepreneurialism, but there's not a lot of focus on franchising. And then, you know, you hear, oh, franchises, you have to pay fees or, oh, franchises fail. And, and people just aren't educated about the true value proposition of exactly what it is that you're investing in and what you're going to get and what and what you can build. So th this is the whole point of my YouTube channel, which is sort of my soapbox to like, you know, with my little microphone to kind of shout to the world. Franchising is so much more than food and retail. It's so much more than the average person thinks it is. In fact, it's the it's, in my opinion, the best way for somebody who's looking for control over their financial future, their quality of life to build something that's meaningful. It is the simplest and fastest way to all of those outcomes of control. So how do you find a, so, so you're coming out of corporate, you want to do something else, you feel like you are unfulfilled. 
where do you go to find something other than like, cause I, I think part of the problem is we think McDonald's, right? Yes. We don't, we don't have anything other than fast food. And, and of course there's a bazillion other things. How do we, where do we go and how do we start? Yeah, and this is exactly why Kim Daly has a business and many other franchises <laughs> okay. out there, right? So we start with you, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of franchises that need somebody like me to tell their story. They're not the businesses that people are going to wake up and go, oh, yeah, like I see that line at Chick-fil-A, so I want to own one of those. I'll tell you, I'm one of the, the top franchise consultants in the country and have been for over 10 years, and I very rarely ever place anybody into food. You have to beg me to show you food. And I do oh, not also do retail. So people say, well, then what are you doing? And what I'm are you like, doing? Oh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There are faster, easier, better ways to make money. Businesses with lower investments, higher margins, better quality of life, fewer, you know, fewer teams of people that are necessary to make your business run. Um, but they're not going to be the ones that you, they're business services that as consumers, you may be interacting with, and you may not be aware that they're franchise businesses. So can you give us an idea of who those might be? Oh, sure. Let's start in the home, Leslie. So you think about the people that may clean your home or people that um, keep your lawn fertilized and your trees fertilized. Even the people that come to my yard and scoop the poop in my backyard for my two dogs every week, that's a franchise. The people that power wash a home or build a patio, clean a pool. Like there are endless options when we focus right in the home. How about a beautiful California closet? That's a franchise. There are window oh. treatments like budget blinds. So in the home alone, there are hundreds of options. And where do you find, how do you, do you match the, the, the person who wants to own it with what they want to own? And how do you do that? Oh, such a great question. So when people come to me, Leslie, my first job really is to really understand what they're trying to create. So like you started the conversation, many times people are at a fork in the road. They've been let go or they're just dissatisfied with where they are. I also work a lot with investors who are looking for diversification. So oh. it's kind of like, it's like a pain point, right? We're looking to do, create something different can franchising provide me a faster, easier way to build cash flow, build equity, and create time? Yes, to answer all of those. So I, I, my focus is more on what you want to create through the business than it is on what you think you want to own. Because at the end of the day, what I'm going to help most people see is that if I can bring you an opportunity that makes you the kind of money that you want to make, and affords you the quality of life that you want, there's a lot of businesses that are gonna get you're gonna get excited about when you have those two other things, money and quality of life. But if we start with a focus on I have to be passionate about the business, like Kim loves to work out, so I've got to own the gym, it's a very limited pool of opportunity. Uh, and okay. here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. If you own a business because you're passionate about it like a hobby but it doesn't bring you the kind of money that you need or the quality of life, you're not going to be passionate about it in the end. Oh, very interesting. So what kind of things have you found that people are passionate about that they might not have known about until they got into it? Are there things you introduced them to? Money. <laughs> Making money. Okay. But this is, 
this, I mean, and is, is it the kind of thing where you take somebody who, who has a small interest in something or are you pairing them with things they never thought they would be interested in with before? Uh, I think it's a, it's both because for some people, passion for the actual widget is very important. Like I don't, mm. I mean, it's, it's important for everybody to believe in what they do. But right. what I mean by that, Leslie, is so we talk about business characteristics. So I'm going to interview you and find out what when you when you were in corporate America or in like the best job you ever had, what made it great? And people will say, Kim, I had a team of people and I loved mm. helping their careers grow. Mm. OK, I can use that in your business or, hey, you know, Kim, I had this super cool, innovative product that was just so fun to bring to the world. OK, so that tells me something or, hey, you know what? I had a lot of pride when I worked for that big, you know, for Pepsi, you know, and I, I loved the the culture of the company. OK, we can match that in a franchise. So wow. I'm, more, I'm more interested in the environment that I'm going to put you in and the role that you're going to play every day as an owner and the people that you're interacting with. If you're not a client facing person or, you, you know, you'd rather be managing a team of people or no, I'd rather be client facing and not managing a team of people. So I'm I'm looking for those types of characteristics because the environment that you in you're in that then creates the 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 passion for the role that you play every day that adds to your quality of life. And then that 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 money that comes in that then aff also affords you the quality of life that you want. Then we have a home run scenario. Do you see it? Yes. No, I hear what you're saying. So, so who should not be looking at a franchise? Really good question. So listen, franchising is not the right investment for everybody. The number one thing I would say is if you are like an engineer who likes to solve problems by pulling things apart and reinventing them, you will not be happy in a franchise potentially. Because look, in a franchise, this is all about not reinventing the wheel. Somebody's already figured out how to make money in a business. So uh -huh. it's our job to find people that we can learn from, be mentored by. We, we respect the plan, the business plan they've already created. And we're saying, hey, I'll pay you for that so I can hit the ground running and 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 just get to the point where I can make money and live a good life rather than trying to figure out how to make money because it's in that trying to figure out how to make money time that right. most startup businesses fail. Yes. And so what do you have to have financially in order to invest in a franchise? Is it all over the the block or is it um uh, is there a minimum like Yep. So one of the very first conversations I have with people is to explain what their money buys. So before I we ever talk about any specific companies, I'm going to educate you so that even if now you figure out, hey, you know, it's not the right time for me, you're not going to leave like uninspired. You're going to leave empowered knowing what you need to do. And you can come back to me in a year or six months or five years or whenever it is like, I can plant seeds with you all day long and we'll water them in the future. But to answer your question, franchise investments can be as low as 30, 40, $50,000 or as big as three, four, $5 million. And oh, there's wow. a whole bunch of ranges in the middle. And at the bottom of that, so just getting your foot in the door, what kind of, what kind of franchises are those? So what I, the way I'll answer that question is there is a misconception that the uh, level of investment going in correlates to the potential to earn. And that is 100% false. 
The interesting. Yes. That's so interesting. I would not have guessed that. I would have thought exactly what you said. It's actually opposite. So let me explain. The level of investment going in does not correlate to the potential to earn. What it correlates to is to the owner's time commitment from day one in the business. So a bigger capital investment, let's talk about like a laundromat, right? So this is going to be a probably a million dollar build out with, you know, big washers and dryer, 30 washers and dryers in there. But how much time commitment by an owner once open? Maybe five hours a week or less. But if wow. we take a little, yeah, but if we take a little home-based sales, you know, business, and the reason it's home-based is because no one's coming to you. You're going out and driving that activity. Well, if you're the right person to take that business plan and go drive activity, you actually have more of what I would call unlimited earning potential right? The limit will be set by your skill, your tenacity, your goal, your focus. But there are absolutely people that have taken franchise businesses that are 50, 60, $70,000 all in and built million dollar operations from that. So that, and this is part of the education. Again, so much of what I do with people, I'm not selling franchising. I'm educating right. you. And then I'm coaching your mindset to help you let go of preconceived notions, to help you let go of what you think it has to look like and let you embrace kind of what you're trying to create for your future and then let the business sort of meld to like come to you based on this vision of what you want the outcome to be. And once people kind of buy into that, oh, it's, it's, it, the process is so fun and we laugh all day long about where people end up and, you know, they'll be like, I never thought I would buy a flooring company or I never thought I would oh, own a, cool. you know, a med see. spa, you know, it's really fun. But you have to, you have to have a certain amount of money saved up to invest or you can take a loan or there's a, the, what do you suggest that you have in your pocket before you open the conversation? There, um. Well, that's, again, I always have people fill out a very basic questionnaire and then we get on the phone and that questionnaire includes kind of filling out a net worth statement so that then again, we can dive into what your money buys and we can relate it to where you are today. So again, if you decide that money is going to be the reason you can't move forward, you're not going to leave here uninspired. You're going to know exactly what you need to create financially and when to come back to Kim Daly. But if we do have enough money, then for the kinds of businesses you think you're going to be good at, then off we go and I can match opportunity to you. It's a very personal conversation. Now, regarding oh. finance, yeah, regarding financing, we, I absolutely have relationships with people that all they do is lend money to franchise businesses. So you do not have to go figure out how to get a loan on your own. I have those relationships for you. Wow. So what about older women? What about women 40, 50, 60? What I do you it. see as an advantage or disadvantage coming into the franchise market? Oh, there's no disadvantage. If you have the if you have the dream in your heart to get control of your life again, or you want to build something, let's say you've worked in corporate America and you've surrendered a lot of your quality of life and you're like, you know what? I'm ready to do something where I can work the hours I want to work. I can create jobs for people that I want to be around every day. That, that's a perfect scenario. You know, maybe you don't even need to make all the money you made in corporate America because your kids are grown and you're in a different phase of your life. And so you buy a little business that 
allows you maybe not even to have any other employees or to work with your spouse. There's all different types of businesses and setups and owner commitment. And like, and, and that's the daunting part. I think if you're out there on your own without someone like Kim Daly, I, I honestly don't know how people make good, intelligent decisions. Of course, I'm highly biased because I've done this for 20 years, but it's it, investing in a business is not a black and white thing. It is very, very nuanced. And the one thing I haven't said yet in this entire conversation is when you invest in a franchise, you're not even buying a widget or a job or a brand. You're buying people right? Because this is about being in business for yourself, but not by yourself. So the number one thing that I'm going to have you focused on the entire one to two months we work together is on the people that have started this franchise, the culture, the family of franchisees they've already built in, 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 around them. And are those people happy? And does this feel like an environment where you will thrive, where you can grow personally and professionally? Because if that's not a match, you, no matter how great the business is, you may never really feel that true satisfaction. Some of the greatest pleasure that I have in 20 years in my franchise are my colleagues, the other consultants that I'm blessed to, to be able to call my friends and get together with a couple times a year at conventions and learn from and share best practices with. We all make each other better. So interesting. What do you see? I mean, do you have any examples, you don't have to use names, but of older women who've found their way into their next, you know, whatever they're going to do their next play by, yes, I have, uh, yeah. I have a couple women in my, in my pipeline right now um, that are, one is 61 and one is actually 66. And um, let's start with the 61 year old. She's been in real, actually, both of them have been realtors for their entire careers. The ones in Florida and ones in California and um, the the one in Florida is looking to build a legacy for her. She doesn't have children of her own, but she has nieces and nephews that she calls her own. And she said, you know, Kim, I'm just done with real estate. I'm done with it. And I want to build something sustainable. I've always been in this. I perform and then I get paid. I want to build something that has more predictability to the cash flow and something where I can create jobs for my nieces and nephews. And and then and then and then leave this as a legacy for them. I'm like, that's an amazing vision. And she's gonna be able to do just that. Now, the other woman in in Northern California who's 66, also um in real estate, not a realtor. She is a multifamily property owner. She owns short-term and long-term rentals. Um, so she has a lot of passive income and she has a lot of equity. But she's actually looking for a little bit more activity day to day because she's she's like, she says, I'm my own worst enemy. I don't really want to retire and I want to be busier and I want to do I want to I don't just want to like rest on my laurels. I, I want to keep growing. And I'm like, good for you, girl. Like, let's find you a business where, you know, we're not going to put her nest egg at risk. But where, so I found her this little business. It's actually an estate sale business. It is perfect for her because she is knows all the realtors in her area. And so now she can leverage those realtors and say, look, when you have families that are downsizing or somebody who passes away and the family is, um, you know, needs to sell off the estate, that's what, that's what this franchise business does. And it is a simple business, doesn't have any inventory, no, re no receivables. Like 
you literally go in, you tag things in a house for people, and then there's an estate sale. And on Sunday when it's over, it's a, a split on the money between what was made and you move on to the next one. And the goal obviously is to have multiple estate sales going on every weekend. Um, but it's a really simple business. It it's necessary in the in the community. And um, it's something that she can leverage relationships she already has, and she will not bet the farm to get into that because it's a really, really low investment. That's fascinating. That's really interesting. What what happened to the other woman, the the first woman that you were talking about? What kind of they're, business they're both, did she go yeah, into? Yeah, they're both still in process. Nobody has signed a franchise agreement yet, but we're getting dangerously close with both of them. <laughs> okay. At the end of the year. Yeah. Interesting. Is there any kind of business you see women do better in no, than other businesses? It doesn't no, doesn't matter. No, I don't think it matters. I think, you know, when I'm doing my um our, you know, upfront work together, I, I will ask certain questions that may not feel politically correct, but they're really, really important to my process. So like what? questions like, like what? questions yeah. like, you know, so do you feel like you would be a better manager in a more female dominated environment? Like, so for example, if I'm, let's say some, a woman says, you know, look, I've been, I worked for AT&T. This actually is a real story. I worked for AT&T and I've been in a male, a male dominated world. And I've been, you know, trying to, you know, her, you know, get these men to do what I want for years. And I sort of don't want that anymore. And she wanted to move on and do something where she could create jobs for women. And I, ha I helped her get into a residential cleaning company because look, stereotypically your cleaners are mostly, and, and hate to say single moms, you know, and there's a nice career ladder in a residential cleaning company and she is thriving there, you know, and on the flip side, sometimes women say, they shock me and say, you know, Kim, I, I feel like I would do better with men than with women. And so then I know I can show them something like a handyman service or an automotive business or a construction environment um, where predominantly the people you create jobs for will be men, stereotypically, not always, but right, sometimes right. you get where I'm going. Yeah. So it's a highly, um, the process is just based on, you know, each candidate is different in what they want to create and the environment that they they want to wake up in and feel good about it's everybody's different. And that's the beautiful thing. There's a franchise out there for everybody. <laughs> and how fast are you up and running and making money in a franchise? Is each one different or is it pretty much within three months you'll have an income or how, how do you look at that? Yep. It's very, very different. If you're investing in a business that doesn't require a brick and mortar location, that's obviously going to be a shorter time frame. Maybe you have to order a truck or, you know, order a little inventory. Some are as short as signing a franchise agreement and opening can be 30 days, but I'd say more typical in a non brick and mortar business, you're probably looking at one to three months. And a lot of that could be training depending on uh, how much training is necessary for people to be educated in order to be client facing or to be building a business. But if you are looking at something that requires a brick and mortar location, the reality with that, Leslie, is it's probably somewhere between six and 12 months, depending on the type of real estate that you need. Um, and that's where the franchisor would absolutely support you and find it, good ones do anyway in finding that location, negotiating that lease, and then getting that store constructed. And then once you're open, then there's a ramp up time, right? So, you know, and that's going to vary all over the board based on the amount of fixed costs you have. And if you have a membership where you can start, you know, 
building revenue before you're even open, like a like a yoga studio or something like that, where you know you can start selling memberships before you're open so that when you open, you have members, then you're going to have cash flow faster than something that you really can't, like a, a smoothie bar, you can't really start selling smoothies until your store is constructed. So, you know, everything is different, but during your due diligence process, these are the things that the franchisor would be helping you learn about. And then you would go out and you would validate with existing franchise owners who have already opened their business and built something positively cash flowing. And they're going to share with you in their real world knowledge, how it went for them. And really, Leslie, the the talking to other owners is one of the greatest advantages of investing in a business. Because if you go out and you buy, you're looking at like a little mom and pop business for sale. You only have their story and you only have their books, you know, and it's kind of hard to discern like, you know, are these cooked or like, is this reality? And then when you go away, are customers still going to want to work with me? And in a franchise, we don't have, even if you're buying or you're starting from new or buying an existing franchise that's for sale, you know, you don't just have to take the franchisor's word or one owner's word. You have all these other franchise owners across the country that are willing to share. And, and people are shocked by that, but they're willing to share because in in a franchise, we are all shareholders in the same brand. And so if I know something that can help you be a better owner and you can have higher revenue, that helps all of us. It's not competitive, it's collaborative. So define exactly, because when you said open a yoga studio, which is something I could see some of these women who are listening today think about, why would I even think of going to a franchise yoga studio versus opening my own? What are the benefits and what are the drawbacks? Yeah, I think that that conversation would be had between the specific yoga brand that I would bring to somebody based on what they told me they were looking for in a, in a, in a, uh, in a business and that franchisor. So I am not a salesperson for franchisors. I do not represent any franchise. So I do not give any specific information. That information comes from the people that represent the brands. That includes earnings claims. It includes the investment. I do not get into any of that with my candidates. My job is to help bring the ideas to you based on what you're trying to achieve and then to coach your mindset. Like, what are the questions, Kim? And who should I be talking to? And how should I be thinking about this? And how do I get through these legal documents? And how do I fund my franchise? And oh my God, Kim, I'm waking up sleepless at night. I can't believe I'm gonna do this. Should I do this? talking people down from the ledge. That is my role. But then we work with the specific franchisors to figure out among the three to five options that we're looking at, is there one where the story is the right one for you at this time in your life? But specifically, or can you not answer this question? I'm, I love yoga. I'm thinking this is what I want to do. I want to leave corporate. Um, I've figured out I can make X if I open up blah, 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 all that stuff. I've done my own little thing about being my own entrepreneur. Why would I think about a franchise instead? Okay, so that's a great question. That's a different question. Sorry. So the first, okay. no, no, that's, that's perfect. So the the first the first thing is to understand that ninety percent. No, I I love you as an entrepreneur. I was one myself too, and you totally should do it if the dream is in your heart. But ninety percent of startup businesses fail before their fifth anniversary. So there's that statistic. 
that statistic is not owned in franchising. So let's say that you're hyper-focused on wellness or fitness. And so I bring you back a couple of options in that space. You can look at their track record of success in their legal documents. So the Federal Trade Commission regulates franchisors. They have to produce what's called a franchise disclosure document. And in that document, they have to, to share with you their failure rate. So they, you can look at a company and say, wow, they've been around for 10 years and they have a 96% success rate. So is it reasonable as if I'm an intelligent person and I do my due diligence and I'm properly capitalized and I follow their lead, is it reasonable for me to assume that I'm going to be in the 96% who've been successful or the 4% who failed? Right. And so that's the due diligence process. And, and really the number one reason to always consider a franchise, if you have an entrepreneurial mindset, is the marketing. So most franchise businesses are sales and marketing companies first. And oh, by the way, we happen to be selling yoga. We happen to be selling handyman service. We happen to be selling flooring. So the number one thing about entrepreneurs is they are creators, they are inventors, they are widget masters. They know their product, but they're typically not good business builders. And that therein lies why most startup businesses fail. And therein lies why most franchise businesses are successful because we're not focused on being a widget master. You do not need any experience in a franchise to go out and become the rookie of the year or the highest performing franchisee in that system. What you need to bring are the business skills, first of all, the dream, the goals, the desire, and then the, the general business skill that that particular franchise requires, and then to go and execute on that proven plan. That's what leads to success in a business. In so any they, they give you the marketing and they give you the brand already built. And do you have to be a great marketer? Or you don't have to be a great marketer. You do not have to know marketing. The franchise, in some cases, Leslie, the franchisor does the marketing for their franchisees, oh, uh, especially the digital marketing. Yeah, interesting. And then in other okay. cases, they will train you. So you, you're, they don't just train you one time. Most franchises assign you like a support coach. So you'll go to training, like maybe it's a week at a corporate office, and then you'll come back, and then you will work every single week. You will have uh, coaching calls with your coach. I mean, franchisors want you to be successful. That is another myth that's out there. Oh, they're just here to take my money and they right. don't care about my right. success. Right, is, correct. It is, it, it is it, not every franchisor cares. I don't represent every franchisor. I don't work with every franchisor, but the ones I work with for 20 years, they genuinely care about their franchisees. And that, if you want to find more evidence on that, please go to my YouTube channel because I have interviews with some amazing franchisor partners and you, you will see very, very clearly as they explain how they support their franchisees, how much support there really is and how much they genuinely care about your success. Awesome. So as we close, um, just one very, very quick question. Why not food and retail? What's what's the no-no there? I love it. So listen, I to all my food franchisors, I always like feel bad when I like get on my little, you know, no food soapbox. So I love food if it has margins, lower um employee requirements, lower investments, 
and fewer working hours. <laughs> but most food is, you know, 24-7, a lot of minimum right. wage employees, a lot right. of perishable waste, very right. slim margins that make it hard to make money. Right. And so, yes, while everybody has to eat, they don't have to eat out and they don't have to eat your particular fast food. And this, all these other factors create a very stressful, there's also no predictable revenue. So I love brick and mortar, but I love brick and mortar wrapped in to a membership where you have predictable, scalable revenue, where if you know that your fixed costs are $20,000 a month and you can cover those fixed costs with 200 members. So on the first of the month, when you charge those 200 credit cards, now all of your bills are paid. Well, guess what? As an owner, you're sleeping peacefully at night. So my, my goal is to help my people sleep, to enjoy their life as business owners, not be completely stressed out every day. Right. I get it. Cool. Where can everybody find you, Kim, and your social handles and a website? Yes, the best place to go absolutely is my YouTube channel, Kim Daily. My last name is D-A-L-Y. Go to kimdaily.tv. I have almost 500 videos on all subjects. Oh, my goodness. Yes, okay. I, I turned on that camera in 2020 when I could no longer travel and host my live events. And literally, oh. Leslie, it was the greatest adaptation of my life. I am Fabulous. so grateful for 2020 for that because... Um, you know, 2020 for business owners was adapt or die. Yeah, yeah. And I adapted and it turned into the best thing that has ever happened to me. Because <laughs> awesome. now I can reach so many more people that I would never had have had the opportunity to reach. Even people who never reach out to me can learn from my content and that may help them go on to become a more successful franchise owner. Wonderful. Kim, thank you so much for your time. You're amazing. No, thank you so much for the opportunity to share. I love I love my topic, if you can't tell. And most importantly, Leslie, I love helping people live the life that they want to live. So thank you all for spending time with us. I hope that Kim was enlightening for you. And I love finding new ways to reinvent. And I just think that franchise is a weird and under undertapped idea for many, many women like us. And I'm so delighted that we had the chance to speak with her. If you found this enlightening and helpful, mosey on over to coveyclub.com. Literally just enter into that little spyglass in the search area reinvention or reinvent yourself or reinvent and you will find hundreds of articles documents everything you need for reinvention of course we do more than that as well we we cater to everything in your life if you're a woman over the age of 40 but reinvention is the core that we do please follow us on all our social media and if you like us please give us some stars and give us a nice review um for the podcast that would be really helpful scroll through our show notes and i'm sure you will find other inspirational women also what we are doing now is talking more generally about different ways to reinvent yourself so you can look for those uh interviews as well it's uh sometimes it's like this one sometimes it's going to be a personal reinvention and sometimes now we're talking about how to reinvent your approach to various things so thank you 
for your time and hope to see you next time.